Hi, I'm Vernon Foster, and today I'm going to have a productive conversation with my friend Mike Vardy. I'm really happy to have had a productive conversation with Vernon Foster. You're about to listen to it. It's me, Mike Vardy, on the show. And Vernon uh, has written this book called The Seven Laws of Mindful Living, which is kind of not just a book, but it it dives into his philosophy. It's again, it's kind of a he calls it a soul manual, and it definitely falls into that that category for sure. Now, Vernon is a speaker coach, and he's a spiritual creative. We get into lots of great stuff during this conversation. I had an absolute blast, and I've been really chomping at the bit to release this one. So we had this conversation a few months back, and, and now it's time for you to hear it. So here it is, a productive conversation, my productive conversation with Vernon Foster. Check it out. Vernon, thanks for joining me today. What's up, Mike? How you doing, man? <laughs> I'm doing well. You know, this has been a long time coming. We met at Podcast Movement several years ago. Uh, I think, was it Podcast Movement 2, I think, fittingly it was enough? Probably, it was probably two. <laughs> it, it was, was one of the early ones. Yeah, it was sure. definitely one of the early ones, either in Fort Worth or Dallas, can't remember which. Um, I want to talk today about um, mindful living. Uh, you've got a book called The Seven Laws of Mindful Living, A Soul Manual. Uh Let's get into it right away. Um, what what was the reason that you decided that this was a book that you had to put out there? Yeah, I think uh, where I was at in my life, I just I was kind of in this dark place, and I, I kind of was. Uh, there's this quote. Um, I don't know if it's a quote or if it's a, a philosophy by the guy who wrote the one thing. Mm, yep. um, and and then the idea is like, what's the one thing that you can do? that makes everything else unnecessary or obsolete. And uh, at that time I was 30 years old. I was uh, old, uh, in the process of turning 30 business had been sputtered out uh, failed relationship. And I was living back at home with my mom. So it was a really, uh, you know, when I was like, I guess I'm just going to write a book because I don't know anything else to do. And just to kind of release all of this crap and just share my firsthand experiences for everything that I've been through up to that point and with the hope that it could help somebody on their, on their journey, man. Well, one of the things as I was going through the book that really resonated with me right out of the gate, cause I struggle with this too. I mean, the things that I'm a big journaler, right? So I, I believe in journaling. Mm-hmm. I think there's a real power in reflection and uh, one of the laws, I'm going to go through some of them. I mean, you gotta, I don't want to dig too, too deep into them because I think honestly, uh, the book is there for that. But right. the first the, the first law that I came across, first law in the book, is the law of letting go. You are not your past. And, man, that it, – it's really – it's such a weird dichotomy to be looking back at journal entries to see where you were and then where you are now and then still adhere to that law. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And 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 that's true. But, it, like, on, on one hand, it's giving you – kind of you can see how far you've come but on the other hand it can be dangerous because you can get in a position of uh, hanging on to that stuff right and a lot of these experiences I mean uh, we're made up we're bundles of experience right like we live life we experience life and a lot of those things dictate how we live our future right yeah Uh, relationships businesses marriages uh, you know, even in childhood, when we're growing up and our parents tell us, don't climb on that or 
they put their fears and crap on us. We carry that with us. Yeah, it, 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 it gets intertwined to the point where it's identity. You know, I just came back from a ski trip with my, uh, up island. Uh, I mean, as we're recording this, we're in the throes of COVID still everywhere. But I mean, yeah. there are there are I mean, the idea is get outside, get healthy, like keep that kind of stuff going. So we went up for a, a brief little ski getaway and I'm not mm -hmm. an athletic person. You are. <laughs> I I'm the guy that will analyze sports. You're the guy that can actually play. play. But for me, it was what, so. I, I the last time I put on a pair of skis would have been in grade eight. So we're talking over thirty years ago, and yeah. I watched skiing downhill skiing, and when I got uh you know. Everything about it is counterintuitive. Like every element of skiing is like the, the instructor saying, hey, it's all counterintuitive. So like when you think you should be going this way, you go this way. I'm like, you're talking to like one of the most uncoordinated people that I know. And you're telling them to like think the opposite of the way that you would normally be thinking. It's hard enough for me to think about the way I should be thinking, let alone the opposite. And what was funny is I learned through that experience after going back up and skiing again that it's not something I want to necessarily do. But my wife cautioned me on this. And, and I even just did it a little bit now is when you when you start to wrap up your identity and like I'm not coordinated, I'm not athletic, I'm not this person, it it can be it, it can be too restrictive. It it can it can put you in a position where you don't open yourself to those opportunities to, you know, to necessarily, you know, go play a pickup game of basketball or put on a pair of skis again, right? Yeah. Yeah, and 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 that could be your next breakthrough, right? You going up could be you going up to the ski resort with your 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 son or daughter, right? That could be like the magic moment that you get to reconnect with them. That could be you meeting a publisher for your next book, right? So yeah. we say no, we close our things off, we close our hearts off to love because we we got our hearts broken or, you know, like the business didn't work out. So we say, Hey, this, I am never going to be an entrepreneur again. And we craft these narratives in our head that really don't support the future of who we want to become. And back to that journaling piece. Um, you know, the fact that, that I'm big on it. Uh, one of the other laws that comes up is knowing myself, right? The law of purpose and passion. And I think that mm -hmm. again, through, through those journal entries, I can see some of the things I'm really passionate and purposeful about, but also to that ski story, I know that I don't want to ski. I love the experience of being up there and there's right. cross country skiing and snowshoeing. I'm not, that's the other thing is that you, you're right. I opened myself up to the experience of being there and being present and being mindful. There was an hour left in the lesson when everybody else was still going and I was sitting, making a little mini snowman where the lesson was taking place. <laughs> And it was less, uh, I was just like, you know, this, I know what I don't want to do now, which yeah. actually allows me to be more present. And, you know, my family was having a blast, absolute blast. And therefore, so was I. So can we yeah. talk a little bit about the, uh, the importance of not just maybe knowing thyself, but also embracing it? Yeah. Yeah. So you, you embracing that snow band, right. That, that you're probably living through like a childhood experience and getting to play again. Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You don't do that enough. No. But for, for me, um, you know, when I think about purpose and passion, we're always like, well, what do I do? Well, and I don't, I don't, I'm not a person that believes like maybe that like your, your, your passion's going to come and knock on the door and be like, hello, it's your passion. <laughs> right. Like, I believe that comes from doing, you know, there's a great quote by Dr. Howard Thurman. He says, don't ask, don't ask what 
the world needs ask what makes you come alive and go do that because we need more people to come alive. That's what the world needs. And so through this experimentation, through this, Hey, I I don't know if I like skiing, but I'll go try it. You know, Hey, I don't know if I will be a great entrepreneur, but I'll try it. Hey, I don't know. I can't, I was, I was, I was, uh, one of the kids who were put in, was put in like the slower classes and things like that. And people told me all this garbage, right. Had I held on to that, would I be able to be an author? Right. And I wrote the book. Right. So like me being open and being able to set myself free and being open to those opportunities, create future opportunities and potential that I wouldn't have ever seen if I just stayed in the box. See the, the idea of mindful living is something we all should, I mean, we should all embrace it because we tend to, uh, and I'm, I'm being general here, but I mean, I've seen it with clients I work with. I've seen it with people I talk to. Uh, we get yeah. so caught up in the doing, like in checking off boxes, that we don't re- figure out whether or not those boxes are worth checking off in the first place. Uh, one of the things that you just brought up was the idea of judgment, right? Like the idea of like, you know, mm-hmm. being judgmental. And <clears throat> one of the other laws that you bring up is the law of non-judgment. And... Mm-hmm. It's it's funny because I think that our brains love to love to play tricks on us, right? Like they do. They love to they love to keep us from doing the high impact work. They love to again say, "Oh, well you're not I mean, you can't ski, so therefore you're not athletic." Like it go right. like they take huge leaps because the idea of that primitive part of your brain is like, "I need to protect you. I just want to survive. I don't want to thrive." Like that's yep. all that it's meant to do. Um when it comes to what was the moment of realization for that law where you said, you know, the law of non-judgment? Because that one I think is really important. The idea of seeing yourself and everyone else, because I think once you embrace that, that's really freeing, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's uh, for me, you know, when you step back and you take away these things, you take away the barriers, the money, the job, the race, you know, whatever we're all soldiers of the same struggle, man. Everybody experiences disappointment. Everybody falls in love, falls out of love. Everybody experiences some sort of anxiety or depression at some point in their life. They experience loss. So when you step back and you look at humanity as a whole from that holistic perspective, it's really it becomes really hard to point the finger and be like, Hey, you are this, or and I'm that, or you. And this is to me, it's 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 really easy to see when you can step back, right? But it's really hard to see when your identity is caught up in who you are, what you do, your belief systems, right? Those are the things that are add-ons, but mm-hmm. fundamentally, we're all the same um, at the you know at the root level. And the and the one thing that if if you need something to uh, signify this and to make you aware of this, right? It's we're all gonna die, right? Yep. Yeah. No one. No. We. We're. Everybody. I don't know anyone who's made it out. Alive, yeah. No. No right? one's gonna get out. No. No one's gonna get out alive. <laughs> There's that quote, right? No one's gonna get out alive, right? So. Exactly. Um. So that. Yeah. You know. That's. Go ahead. No. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. So, so I, I just think that life is a big mirror mm-hmm. and it gives us an opportunity to take a look if we want to. The problem is, is that we're so caught up in the doing, right? That's, yeah, I was just going to go there. Yeah. The idea of like, you said, step back. So many people don't take the time to step back because they figure if they take a step back, even for like 30 seconds, just to assess that that means they're not making progress. But it's that, I mean, if you're going fast in the wrong direction, then 
what's I mean you've you're already you know too far along in the wrong direction so you've got to you've got to you know figure out what what direction you want to go in and what i liked about as i went through the book is that i was forced to slow down as i read this you know what i mean like you were yeah. because you have to think the book itself is an exercise in mindfulness right mm-hmm. now why did you call it the soul manual? Like, why is it like, this is a manual for your soul? I'd love to hear you, exp- you know, explain, explain that a little bit further. Yeah. Cause I, I like to think that, uh, the manual that I was given to live, right. The whole go to school, get a job, be successful. That was the manual that I was handed down. And for me that didn't work. Right. So mm. I was like, what if this, this, these seven laws could be, a tool, right. For somebody to start to not only not necessarily live their life completely how I wrote it, but go out into the world and create their own. So it's through my experience, right. I'm talking about some deep crap in here, addiction, breakups, you know, there's some traveling, failing business, self-worth conversations, right. So my, my belief is that this is an opportunity for people to have a different manual, right? Mm-hmm. Have a different opportunity to, um, to grow and to, to look at life from a different perspective. Have you, um, have you looked at, uh, green, the, the, what's the Matthew McConaughey book, the new bio biography by the memoir of green lights. Have you had a chance to read that yet? I have not. Okay. The reason I, I bring that up is that he, he explained this, and I want to say I, th- I think he explained this on Rob Lowe's Limit, uh, literally podcast, where he said that he didn't view it as a memoir, but more of a self. Like he goes, it's not even self help. It's like it, it, it's 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 wrapped up in both, and the lessons that, and I, I mean, as I went through the book, yeah, there's some lessons in there that you I mean you're you're putting yourself out there. There's some vulnerability stuff yeah. that comes to. Bear, why, why was it important for you to put that kind of stuff in there? Is it like, what was the impetus for you to say, you know what, especially when you, at, at the start of our conversation, you said that you were in this, this place where it's like, you just decided to bear all and say, okay, I'm putting this out. Why did you decide to do it? And what's the feedback been from those who have read the book? And, you know, when they've gone through the book and come back to say, Vernon, what, what, what have you heard from them? Yeah, I've. For me, um, it was very important, and this is a lesson that I've learned in vulnerability, is that everyone's afraid to go first, right? Mm -hmm. No one wants to go first, but when you go first, there's kind of like this breath of like fresh air and and people feel like they can share too. It's like, oh my gosh. You've given permission. Yeah, you give them permission. I I never knew you experienced that. I never knew like as a child you were molested or like when you say these things, it just opens it up for people and they feel heard and seen and that they don't have to carry their burden alone. So that would, that would, for me, that was the biggest thing. And that, that was why, uh, you know, it took me a really long time to, you know, I, I went through a couple, you know, stages of like, should I really put this out there? And, and so that for me was the biggest. Now the feedback has been, it's been unreal. It's been unreal, Mike, to be mm. honest. I mean, People have come to me and said, look, I was in a really dark spot. This helped me gain clarity. I don't feel like I'm I'm, I'm a loser. You know, this, there's there's an exercise where you do the love letters. And this guy was mm-hmm. like, 
I haven't wrote a love letter to myself or anyone in years since I was in high school. And uh, it's, it's been great, man. It's, it's been amazing to see it actually have a, an impact, a tangible impact that people can take away and not just fluff. Meal planning is important because it prevents us from being a disappointed wreck when dinner time comes around and we have no clue what to make or even if we have the ingredients to make the meal. It's a time and a money saver, but most importantly, it frees up valuable brain space. Creating a meal plan prepares us for the week to come and gives us peace of mind that we're organized and can feed ourselves and our family. That's why I do it and that's why Plan to Eat helps me do it. Your subscription includes access to the Plan to Eat website and fully featured mobile apps on iOS and Android. And Plan to Eat gives you the tools to clip and organize recipes from any website, the ones your family loves and that fit your dietary preferences and needs. And you can create a meal plan around your schedule. Then what happens is the Plan to Eat software automatically creates an organized shopping list based on your plan. So sign up for your free trial at plantoeat.com slash timecrafting. That's plantoeat.com forward slash timecrafting. The coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe. It's valid for new customers only. Give Plan to Eat a try today. If you've been listening to the podcast for some time, you know I'm a big fan of Text Expander, and you can supercharge your team with the power of Text Expander. Your team can do more with the same resources. There'll be less repetition, there'll be fewer errors, and there will be greater consistency. That will have your team feeling like they've hopped off a bicycle and into a Ferrari. With Text Expander, you can keep your team consistent, accurate, and current. You can share your text and images with the whole staff to keep them on track. I do that with my team, and it's fantastic. Everyone will share the same message, and then you can give the same answers to all customer questions. And whenever I launch a new program, or whenever I have questions about a program that's existing with you know within my membership community or, or what have you, the fact that I can use Text Expander to share the same message across the multiple team members that have access to communicating with with customers and clients it's it's a time saver it's a huge lifesaver as well you can work faster and smarter not just you but your team and you can use text expanders powerful shortcuts and abbreviations to streamline and speed up everything that you type i've created a ton of snippets over time and you can do the same you can create powerful snippets that'll save you time so all you have to do is just type a short abbreviation and then text expander fills in the rest for you So whether you want to share snippets of messaging, signatures, descriptions with everyone who works on projects with you, Text Expander has you covered. Text Expander is available on Mac, Windows, Chrome, iPhone, and iPad, and it is an indispensable tool in my productivity toolkit. Listeners of A Productive Conversation will get 20% off their first year. So all you need to do is visit textexpander.com slash podcast to learn more and sign up for Text Expander today. Again, Visit textexpander.com slash podcast to get 20% off your first year today. Business isn't business as usual anymore, and starting up is more challenging in this changing environment. Sit Down Startup is a new weekly podcast from Zendesk. Their startups team brings together Zendesk leaders with founders and CEOs in a coffee shop style conversation who solve real problems, sharing the successes and pitfalls of customer engagement. Catch weekly fresh new episodes on Apple, Google, and Spotify. What interferes with your happiness? Is something preventing you from achieving your goals, maybe getting the right things done every day, making massive or measurable progress on the projects that you want to bring to life? 
Well, BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can connect in a safe and private online environment. It's incredibly convenient. And you can start communicating in under 48 hours. Now, BetterHelp is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. You can send a message to your counselor anytime. And you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. And you can do this all without ever having to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches. So in the event that you need to change a counselor, they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling as well. And financial aid is available. And... The service is available for clients worldwide. You can find the particular expertise you need online so you don't limit yourself to the counselors located near you. And there are licensed professional counselors who are specialized in areas like depression, anger, anxiety, grief, sleeping, relationships, stress, and so much more. Anything you share is confidential as well. BetterHelp is convenient. BetterHelp is professional. BetterHelp is affordable. I want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash timecrafting. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash timecrafting. When you, when you put the book out there, you didn't expect anything in return. It was just the gift of no. getting the book out there. And this leads nicely into one of the other laws. I'm not going to go through all the laws in here because I want you to pick up the book. But this is the law of abundance and why why I, I particularly like this is another one that kind of stood out because I'm not a fan of this idea of enough. Yeah, uh, I, the, the word enough to me, and I don't know why it is, it just it seems to be one step removed from not enough. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's such a tenuous relationship, whereas the idea of plentiful or abundance, um, it means that I've got more to give. I've got more to share. I've got more to but I think the key here is that doing that without expectation, without the, you know, like I'm writing this book with the idea that I'm going to get a lot of feedback or I'm writing this book because um, I'm going to make a lot of money or it's going to help my brand or whatever it's going to be. Um, if someone is, is wants to lean into that law in particular, especially in, in, in a world right now, as, as we record this, where we it's hard to connect you know, in a lot of ways, because I mean, we're getting together over Zoom um, yeah. as we do this. But there's a lot of people that that a either are tired, or, like are fatigued out when it comes to that. Also, remember, we met at a conference, man, like when we were in person, <laughs> we could actually right. like give each other hugs and high fives and all that stuff. Yeah. And now who knows when that's going to come back to a degree, right? Like if someone's saying, you know, I want to I want to have this level of abundance, but I want to have it with, you know, not this. I don't want to be selfish about it. You know, I don't want to be thinking that um, when I when I give, I've got to get something back. How do you help someone crack the nut so that they don't necessarily tether those two things together? Like, if I'm going to have abundance, it means that I'm going to get something when I give something. Yeah, no, I, I like that because I, I think it's 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 something that the world needs right now, right? We're in dire need of more empathy, love, and, and giving. But I also believe that it's really hard to come from a place of abundance when you are in lack. Mm. Uh, you know, a guy on the corner that's homeless, you know, he'll probably give you the shirt off his back. But, you know, in most cases, people haven't, um, you know, like if you're living in a house and your bills are paid and there's food on the table, right? 
like great right this is the, your your base level survival needs have been met right your cup is full but if it's not it's really hard to come from a place like that right mm-hmm. so if you're in the if you're in the position where you do have right you know you, maybe it's an exercise in gratitude maybe taking stock of what you already have allows you to uh, be comfortable with letting go of a little bit, you know, like what's 10% of your income right here. What's a hundred dollars here. Right. And, and what I've found in my experience is that the more that I give, the more comes back to me. It's this weird law of the universe. I don't know. Like it's crazy. But when you do this without um, this, this idea of expectation and need, uh, the universe, the world, I don't know what people believe. Right. But it's, it's all in my case, it's always brought back more. And I think it's just a natural law of the universe, but it's really hard to tell somebody that when they're 30 years old, living at home, no job, you know, their self-confidence is smashed to pieces, their heart smashed to pieces. It's really hard to come from a place of love, but you know, you, you still can figure, you can still be grateful even in those moments, right? Mm-hmm. When I didn't have anything, I still had gratitude until I could build myself back up. And through that process right now, going through that, I'm grateful for the experience, but I can give of myself. I can give without the expectation, knowing that it's going to come back to me, you know, yeah. well, not, but not needing it to come no, back. No, no, no. It just does. Yeah. It's it's serendipitous, right? Like, I mean, it just happens to, um, what's changed for you since you put the book out there? What's what, what, what has changed? Man, I, (laughs) I'm like, this is, this is the craziest thing that I've ever, like I've jumped out of helicopters and airplanes and I've, uh, climbed volcanoes and stuff, but this has been the coolest experience for me because, um, I, I've been able to really shift people in their mess and and have them confront their life and take full responsibility um, and, and create a difference in people's lives, man. And I know that sounds so cliche and cheesy and everybody says, I want to make an impact. But like I do, of all the things that I've done, I do really feel like this has been um, the gift that I've been able to give to the world that has helped people come alive and step into who they are at the end of the book chapter 10 this is great because one of the things i always wrap up the conversation with and we're not done yet but i mean i always ask someone hey what's one simple thing that they can do to put the seven laws into action you got a whole chapter (laughs) that goes through that goes through all of them how critical was it for you to make sure that you gave people a bit of a roadmap when it came to that it was it was huge because I think in my experience what happens and and I'd be curious to know uh, you know for you Mike um, but in my experience you you get kind of rah rah you get excited you get hyped up with these philosophies or these concepts or these ideas but when it comes to the practical application that's missing a lot of times so it's like you kind of get excited and then you kind of sputter out you get some momentum you're good for a week right you're meditating you're journaling you're like yeah things are working and then you know six weeks in you're back to your old routines or your stinking thinking or you're judging yourself and you're still hanging on to your past so it was very critical for me to um, answer these questions and give people practical 
uh, practical application because that was the thing that I felt like is always lacking in, right. in things that I saw in the world. See, for me, I think that one of the things I'll, I'll, I'll take it a step further is I think that for me, when I run into these situations, when I'm inspired by something or I want to make a change, I tend to overcorrect. I tend to go like, okay, let's, like you said, the momentum's there. Let's do all seven laws and let's get into it <laughs> and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden it's like law four falls by the wayside and law six. And all of a sudden, like when you try to do too much all at once, especially when this is such a when you're already overloaded or overwhelmed or you've already and you you're yeah. looking for something um it's i think it's really critical to take one piece and start there mm -hmm. you know what i mean like it's not mm -hmm. like and and i think i think a lot of uh, you know in my experience and again i'm just as guilty as i'll be like okay i have to do all the things i mean i'm a productivity guy so i'm predisposed <laughs> to, to to think that exactly. way but i have to i have to be smarter about it and not like if I'm going to look at the seven laws, you know what? Like I need to look at the know your worth area or I need to, you know, I need to be smarter about, you know, um, I'm going to focus on the law of freedom. Right. You know what I mean? Like I need and then go, OK, this one's locked down now. I've got yeah. something that's sustainable. See, that's the other thing, too, is that like I'm this way with exercise, man. I, I hate exercise and it's and I I don't know what I have. I have suspicions as to why I'm not big on exercise. Um, and it's probably tied into the identity of like, you're uncoordinated. You're not athletic. Da, 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 yeah. So I never really, but you know what I did is after years and years and years of trying, I finally found something that I'm doing consistently that's sustainable, has very little friction uh, in so many ways because, um, friction will show up my brain will go well you can't go for exercise you got to work or you can't oh you got to do this or this or this my exercise right now is going for an hour-long walk to start my day and an hour-long walk to end my day that's my exercise and i may add another element to it later by the time people watch this or listen to this or whatever they're going to do with this maybe i will have added some other but i need to lock that in so it becomes not i am uh adopting a walking habit to I am a walker. I am someone who yeah. walks, right? And I think, yeah. yeah, the same thing has to happen with, in my mind with this book is you can't say, I practice all seven laws of mindful living. You may get there, but I think it's really important that you you figure out which ones or one that you can start with and then layer, right? It, that must have happened with you too, right? It's not like you woke up one day and said, here they all are, the seven laws, and let's go, right? No, no, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. And I, and I love that, Mike, because that's our that's in our DNA of, of high achievers and entrepreneurs and like we're like, I gotta fix this right now, yeah. right? It's like the the 30 minute abs, the, the quick fix. <laughs> what's the right? what's the movie? What's the movie? Um what was it? Uh, there's something about Mary. When the hitchhiker, did you ever see that movie? Yeah, where where the hitchhiker, where Ben Stiller picks up the hitchhiker and he goes, "I've got this exercise." Uh, Harlan Williams is playing the 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 guy, and he says, "I've got this great fitness craze." He goes, seven minute." You've heard of eight minute abs, right? He goes, "Yeah, <laughs> I got seven minute abs." And then Ben Stiller goes, "Well, what happens when six minute abs comes along?" No, no, it's seven minutes. You can't do abs in six minutes. But that's the thing, right? There's always right. going to be undercutting here. There's always going to be. We want that. Productivity, same thing. I want the silver bullet. I want the app that's yep. going to do it. I want this. It like doesn't work that way. It certainly nope. it does not work that way. It's a marathon, not a sprint, right? Yeah, and and so with this, 
a lot of these laws, uh, I mean, I'm 35 now, uh, and I still have a lot of life to live, but a lot of these, have, these, these laws have come through personal experience. Right. And I didn't learn all seven in seven <laughs> years, you know, like it wasn't one through seven and okay, you're done. Now you go talk about these. Yeah. It was, and I'm still learning a lot of these lessons. And I think it goes back to your point of like, it's a lifelong pursuit. Uh, it's a worthy pursuit, right? It's, it's something that, um, you know, the soul manual, right? When you think about a, a manual, right? It's, it's something that you can always re- reflect on and refer back to. And the way I wrote the book, I didn't read it. And you may have noticed this because I know you read a ton of books. I didn't read it like a chapter by chapter no. book. You can kind of skip around. It's yep. kind of like a menu. You can choose your own adventure. Yep. Yeah, it's it's very much like, and again, I think that this is the kind of, these are the kind of things we need more of when it comes to books, you know, that fall into this niche, right? Not a, mm-hmm. I'm going to read from page one to 300. I mean, when I look at like Brian Tracy's like, you know, eat that frog, right? Like his are, he's got 22 tips. You don't have to read all 22 in order. You can pull them from different areas, right? It's right. when you have these books that are, from you must follow step one all the way through to step 38. And if you skip step 12, well, you're not doing it. You're, you've done it wrong. Right. And, and, and you know, shame and all that stuff shows up in, in many different ways. And to your, I mean, there's a lot of these books that talk about like, you know, the different, the different ways that you can approach something. And what I liked about what you put in there is, yeah, you can, if you need to work on one particular area of your life, it, right. You can go there. You can just go there and and get that 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 um, that inspiration that 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 you know that that motivator that you need to do it. And not just not just like this rah rah you know, but actual stuff that's going to make you think. That's the whole point. And and I think we we live in a world where the quick fix. I think I think that's one of the things maybe maybe that this pandemic has taught us is that there is no yeah. quick. There's no quick fix. No. There's no quick fix. I mean, and when you try to rush something, I mean, even today, and I, I don't usually get political on 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 my program, but uh, as we're recording this today, like a couple of states in the U.S. have lifted, they're saying we're lifting all the mask restrictions as of this, like they're lifting restrictions. And I'm like, ah, maybe that'll work. I don't know. But it's just because you think something is done doesn't necessarily mean that it's done. Just because yeah. you can... Um, you know, there's no magic pill. And I think that when we lean, when we start to think about it in that way, it puts us in a much better position to be mindful and do more of the right things. Yeah. Yeah. Or you can relate it to like, um, parenting, right? Like I'm not a parent yet, but I know you, you're a parent. So like, are you ever done being a dad, you know, or is that an ongoing continual process where you're, (laughs) you're, you're continuing to build that relationship and educate your kids and uh, create a better life for them, create a better world, educate them. Right. It's not a, all right, I'm done being a, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I don't know. I'm asking you. Yeah. Well, no. And and here's the thing is when I talk about things like monthly themes and monthly themes and stuff like that, people go, okay, so you're focusing on relationships in December. That's your monthly theme for December. Like, So do you not focus on them any other time of year? I'm like, 
<laughs> no, no. It just means it has my overarching focus. Like I'm going to yeah. give it more attention. I mean, it would be like, it, it's akin to saying, I'm going to focus on eating like healthy this month. Like Mike, you stink. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not focused on bathing. I'm focused on eating. Like you would not do that. Right? <laughs> right, right, right. Like, so we, we can't, again, when I talk about productivity, it's not about, um, you can't multitask, but you can certainly do things in tandem. But whatever, whatever you give more attention to, attention is being taken from somewhere else. Yeah, right. 100%. And so, as long and again, if you're looking at your book and you're going to try to adopt all seven laws at once, each of them is going to get a lower percentage than if you focused on one or two, yeah. and then said, "Okay, this like if you wanted, here you go. I'm going to give you a quick, quick win. Go through Vernon's book." takes all seven laws and makes seven of the monthly themes and you've got seven of the 12 monthly themes for your year. There, simple as that. And and the great thing about monthly themes is they're supposed to be based on qualities or anything that you might want to have a lasting impression with. So there, that's how I would approach this. Not, I'm going to do a weekly sprint and get through all this and figure out how... It, it doesn't work that way and we're in such a hurry. And we hear this hustle mindset and you and I both live in the world where we've seen that, you know, where we yeah. know people... And what's interesting is that hustle doesn't, it's a nice buzzword, but we all mm -hmm. know that it doesn't necessarily present itself the way that it's been presented optically, right? Like right. hustling doesn't necessarily mean that you're going 24 seven. It just means that when you work, you work hard. You work hard. Yeah. Right. Um, it's gotten a bad rap, right? That, that, that term, but, uh, being lively certainly doesn't like I like to use like I'm going to be lively about everything I do. Well, that's great. Then I can be, you know, it just feels more graceful, more at ease, more. It doesn't feel as like, like I'm going to ram this thing through words matter and how you put this stuff together really matters. But the only way you can get there is by being mindful about it. You have to step back and yeah. think about it instead of just going, oh, look, Gary V. He's a hustler. I want to hustle. You know, I'm going to do this like this. Per I'm going to. I'm going to, we talked about John Lee Dumas. I just had him on my show not too long ago. You can watch the uh, the video of him here on YouTube as well if you're watching this on YouTube or you can go back to the archives and listen. B John's gotten a bit of a, a rap for like, oh my God, he like daily podcasts every single day. Yeah. To, yeah, but he didn't record every day. He batched it. He set aside one day a week, recorded eight interviews and he was done for a week. And by the way, he wasn't just done for a week. He was done for a week and a day. So every seven weeks he would have an extra week already done so yeah he worked hard and focused intently on one thing for that day and that was that's mindful he's being yeah. mindful about the work that he does so but but you don't get that unless you take a step back and take a look because at, at surface level it's like oh my goodness how does he do a podcast every day that's crazy he doesn't he doesn't do a podcast every day he and that might Go ahead, go ahead. And and, and uh, I love John, right? He's a great guy. Um, and but that might not work for people, right? Exactly, so. exactly. Everyone, it's personal, personal product. Same thing with these laws. You could look at the laws in your book and how everyone interprets them is going to be different, different, right? Yep. And productivity is the same way. Um, to um, my friend Srini. Uh, Srini Rao, who who hosts um, uh, the unmistakable uh, creative. yeah yeah unmistakable yeah, creative I know Srini. Um, Srini talks about like and one of the things he said at my event the Big Ready this year when he was one of the keynotes is he said um, take ingredients from others and make your own recipe 
Mm. And and I think that like with your book, with my stuff, with that's what people should like find the stuff and go, you know what? I really like what Vernon said here. Not a fan of this stuff here. What Mike says here, I'm a fan of that. Mm, not so much that that won't work for me here. That's right. that's you if you try to copy, like again, that's why if you try to copy John, you will it, it will number one, you're not gonna get the same results. You're just not. Right. Because he was he was one of the first to do it. Same thing if someone comes out and, and writes a book about mindful living and they copy yours, they're not gonna get the same kind of impact or the same kind of results because it's a different person writing the book and what what you know freedom to them means is completely different than what it means to you. So again, I, I, I know we're, we're, we're deviating a bit, but the, I think the point is, is that when you put something that personal out into the world, which is what you've done with this book, uh, yeah. it's, it's important to, um, take it in as personally as you can. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think from my experiences, uh, that speaks a lot to the to what I've done in my life. I've kind of taken bits and pieces of what I liked and what I didn't like and crafted my own, you know, my version of my life. So I resonate with that a lot. Before I let you go, um, someone wants to pick up this book. We'll put a link to it in the show notes, of course. Um, is there an eighth law that you've been thinking about? <laughs> that's the next book. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, that's that's what Covey did, though. The seven, yeah, what is it? The yeah. seven habits. So it's the eighth so, habit. Is there? Yeah. Is so you? So have you been thinking about an eighth law? I have. Uh, somebody was like, "Is there going to be a sequel to this?" And I was like, "Maybe it'll be the eighth law." You know. Um, so. So we won't spoil it. We won't spoil yeah, it. We won't, but, we won't spoil it. But but. It's interesting when you write something this personal, how much more comes out of it, right? Oh, it was, it's kind of like my baby. I don't have any kids, but it's kind of like my kid, right? Like mm-hmm. it's the closest thing that I could relate it to. Yeah, it's it's powerful, man. And, and people have like, you know, I've been in tears. People have reached out to me and been like, man, I was in tears reading this. And um, I think we need more of that. We need more vulnerability. We need more human connection. Uh, people need to know that they're not alone. And, they're, and we're all soldiers of the same struggle, as I like to say, no matter where you come from or what you've been through. Um, yeah, there's a lot of work that we all get to do um, if we're willing to just look in the mirror and do the work. The book is called The Seven Laws of Mindful Living, a Soul Manual. Vernon, thanks so much for taking the time to join me today on the Productivityist podcast. Where can people pick up the book and keep up with you and your work? Yeah, so I'm just at VernonTFoster.com. Uh, they can find like kind of everything there. And then um, if you want to grab the book, it's on Amazon, uh, Seven Laws of Mindful Living. Thanks again for joining me today on the program. I appreciate you having me, brother. Thanks to Vernon for joining me on the show. And thanks to you for taking the time to listen to the program. Um, you can find everything that we discussed uh, during this uh, episode at uh, productivityist.com slash podcast 383. That's where all the show notes are. Everything that you need is right there. But if you're listening to this in a podcast app, such as Spotify or Overcast or Apple Podcasts or what have you, and you don't want to miss a single episode of what's to come, then you can just hit the subscribe button. You can also, you know, of course, go through the show notes in the app that you're using right now. But if you don't want to miss an episode of what's to come, and, and next week... I've got Yvonne Hyman joining me on the show, and we talk about a lot of things, um, including some of the things we've been doing to get 
my team and myself into ClickUp, which is what we're using uh, to kind of manage all of the parts of, of my business. But more on that next week. If you don't want to miss next week, then you want to subscribe. And if you enjoyed the program as well, make sure you rate and review the podcast in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening. By the way, when you subscribe, it makes it much easier to go back into the archives and find past episodes. And there is a plethora of past episodes that you can uh, add to the mix for when you go for your daily walk or your commute or what have you. So I'd love to have you on as a subscriber if you're not already subscribed. If you're already subscribed, thank you. I really do appreciate it. I also appreciate you taking the time to listen to a productive conversation today, this one I had with Vernon. Next week, again, Yvonne Hyman joins me. I can't wait to have her uh, on the show. We've had this conversation a few months back. And uh, so far, things have been going great with my team and ClickUp, and I'm, we're just even, we just scratched the surface with it, too. And during our conversation, we, we get into things a little bit deeper. So make sure you listen to next week. Until then, that's it for this episode. Thanks again for taking the time to listen. I'm Mike Vardy, the host of A Productive Conversation, reminding you to stop doing productive and start being productive. See you later. <laughs>